There are legends round here, even if only in their own minds. Forgotten, but not dead. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. We are on episode 19 now. My name is Isaiah. I'm joined tonight by Mark. How are you doing this weekend? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm trying to get into the holiday spirit a little bit, but trying to keep it spooky, you know, like the way we like yep. it. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% there with you. Um, we've been getting snow, and we're supposed to get hit hard tomorrow, so that's going to make it really feel like, you know, winter, Christmas time. But oh, I've, I've been trying to keep up on watching some different movies and stuff, because so far... And for those of you joining us um, that didn't listen last week, tonight we're actually going to be reviewing and talking about uh, two Christmas horror movies. First one being Silent Night, Deadly Night, and the second one being Christmas Evil, both from the 80s, both revolving around Santa Claus serial killers. So be excited for that. Um, So for sure I've watched those two movies. Actually, there was one I found on Shudder. That actually is uh, pretty good. Kind of along the same lines of a serial killer Santa Claus. Um, it's actually a French movie. And mm-hmm. it's actually like it's Home Alone before Home Alone was Home Alone, if that makes sense. Because this actually came out a year before Home Alone. But basically, you've got this kid and his grandfather at home they're you know fairly wealthy family because their mother runs a company and whatnot um and uh obviously it's christmas time and so the mother goes to work and they're having this big you know holiday celebration thing going on so the you know her son and the grandfather stay home and it's going to be a late night she's not going to be because they have to do all this paperwork and everything afterwards so this guy is kind of a creeper, you know, when it comes to children. And he mm-hmm. actually gets this part-time job being a Santa for this celebration. But he ends up scaring one of the kids and, like, slapping this little girl. And the mother sees him doing this. And the, the mother of the, the child at home with his grandfather. And she fires him right on the spot. And, you know, he you you're, you can already tell that he's, like, not all there mentally. So she tells him to go to the um, HR department or whatever the fuck it, it was called in the movie and to, you know, for them to basically fire him, basically. So he goes there and her boyfriend's on the phone talking about a delivery to go to their house for gifts for her son. And so the guy that is you know the santa this deranged santa you know hears that and so he decides to go take that load of gifts and go to the house and fucking just shit hits the fan he starts killing people you know kills the groundskeepers for you know this it's almost like a compound or a castle it's it's fucking huge 
but they he kills the the groundskeepers and then starts terrorizing the grandfather and and her son basically throughout the night and he starts setting traps i mean he's he he loves rambo number one and that's made clear in the opening and whatnot and so he's got Who all doesn't? exactly exactly <laughs> so he's got all these traps and everything and he sets them for the santa claus and it's it's brutal it's it's a fucking great movie if you can handle subtitles which i know subtitles are hard because subtitles are very hard yeah for me. i mean i'm interested <laughs> yeah so that it's on shutter I, I highly recommend it especially if you like home alone because it's kind of a weird movie but it's a foreign film so i mean you got to keep that in mind so it's not yeah. going to be like you know regular u.s cinema so but it's 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 really good and i think that's one i'm going to have to work into my rotation especially around christmas time but uh, yeah it's called uh what was the name of it deadly games deadly games is the name deadly of it Deadly games okay i'm gonna look for that um so it's it's definitely on shutter right now it's also um because like alamo draft house is doing showings of it during the holiday season mm-hmm. and the original name of it and i'm trying to find it because i know that they're trying to pass it off with the original name what's uh uh, for their showings and whatnot, for anybody listening. So, if you're looking for a showing of that for Alamo Drafthouse, uh, they, it, it was originally called Dial Code Santa Claus. So that that was the original name translated from you know the French title. So, oh, okay, highly recommend it. It's very, 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 very good. I love it. It's it's great. Um, definitely well worth the watch, even just for its weirdness. It's very weird. It's very good. So, but that's kind of what I've been watching so far. And, you know, there's obviously going to be more I need to watch because I need to rewatch Black Christmas again. I'm probably going to end up rewatching uh, Christmas Evil once I get my package from Vinegar Syndrome for the, the Black Friday sale that they had. Um, oh, nice. I didn't yeah. pick anything up for Black Friday. <laughs> yeah. The movies were pretty much all I got. I, me and my wife got a. A 4k blu-ray player because we've yeah I, i've been wanting one because i'm tired of using my playstation because my playstation's starting to run loud for the the disc drive now so i'm just thinking it's might be on its way out for that so i figured it was about time so we picked up a cheap 4k blu-ray player so i'm, I'm excited to break out especially the 4k blu-rays to finally nice. use my 4k tv properly <laughs> so um, yeah I, I need to get one myself yeah um, I watched a couple new ones. Uh, where I decided to watch a few uh, really budget cheesy B Christmas movies. Anything we find on Amazon. Okay. And I watched um, one was called All Through the House. It was it was really cheesy, but it was like the good kind of cheese kept you laughing and entertained the whole time, and the effects right. were not bad. It was about this young boy named Jamie it's like similar to the idea or the premise of uh, sleepaway camp okay he was a boy uh, mom wanted a girl uh, dad so basically dad ended up knocking up his mom and the neighbor oh wow and the neighbor had a girl and she had a boy and she was psychotic and jealous about it ended up you know snipping the penis off the boy Oh shit! Yeah, so then he turns into then 
he goes crazy, he goes to the mental hospital, comes back to for his mother, kind of sort of like blood rage. Yep. And turns out he's this, this serial killer Santa running around. He's got a a knack for cutting dicks off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's good. Crap. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny. It was called All Through the House. It was really super heavy on the cheese, but it was it was funny. And then the other one I watched was called uh was it Christmas Bells, I think. Okay. B E L L E S. I thought it's either Christmas Bells or I think that's I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And it's about it's basically about a group of thoughts that team up with Santa Claus to take <laughs> down Krampus. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. <laughs> It was hilarious. I loved it. it oh was Jesus! Super fucking dumb, but I loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. But I didn't watch sleep, or I didn't watch uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night again. I pretty much have that movie in my head at all because I watch it every year. Yep. That's a classic. But I didn't watch Christmas Evil, and I've I've never seen it. I wasn't wasn't adamant or on my my movies enough to to watch it so i've been a, a bad podcaster i'm sorry naughty boy santa's <laughs> santa's declaring you naughty just yeah, like in Krampus silent night deadly night beat me with sticks <laughs> right well we'll we'll talk about that because uh it's it's definitely one you should check out um well and and, oh, yeah. and we'll get into why because it's fucking trippy it's it's a great movie but we'll we'll, we'll get to that here shortly so, but yeah, I, for other movies, I'm kind of waiting to check out here um, for the season, because obviously New Year's is coming up, and New Year's Evil that's always top priority mm-hmm. for watching. Yeah, because I know like last year we did that watch party for it, and I think that'd be a good one to do again. Actually, that might not be a bad idea for maybe even streaming like a, um, like a commentary kind of thing. Maybe. We can okay. We can kind of chalkboard that for maybe a yeah a discussion. But, put a pin in that. But that that could possibly be fun. Kind of watching that and just commentary on that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll see. It was just kind of an idea I was throwing out there in my head this week that could be possibly fun because that that's a great fun movie, uh, especially for New Year's, you know. But beyond that. Uh, a couple other movies I, I still got to watch um, this season is uh, there's Anna and the po- the Apocalypse. Um, cause me and my wife wanted to see that last year when it came out. It's like a zombie musical set during Christmas. So oh. that's on Hulu, I believe. So I'm thinking we'll probably watch that. And... Uh, um, I do want to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 and 3, because I have both of those. I don't have 4 or 5. Actually, I do have 5 saved on my DVR um, for DirecTV, but I didn't really care for that one as much. That was actually a little bit of trivia. Uh, part 5, The Toy Maker, or whatever it's called, was actually the first Silent Night, Deadly Night movie I actually saw. So I saw that even before the good ones. But oh man, the first one was the first one I watched. Yeah, I I remember being real young, going through the 
the movie rental store with my brother, and we're just always looking for something that looked like we weren't supposed to be watching. (laughs) This this is definitely one of those movies, that's for sure. (laughs) And we saw Silent Night, Deadly Night, and we rented it. And we watched it, and it was so freaking good. And we went back, and we, we, they had the second one. It was like, no way. There's two of these? Yep. <laughs> we watched it. It was so good. Uh, I don't remember watching any more until after I was already an adult. But yeah. Yeah, I remember those very vividly. This is, there's a reason this movie is on my every year for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I probably guess. <laughs> we'll get to that, though. Because it's a good movie. Good movie. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) But, uh, so those are kind of the ones. And then, like, a non-Christmas one, just kind of a side thought, another one I like to watch around Christmas time is, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Yes. I love that as a kid. Anything Ernest, man. Yes. I'm I'm always there for Ernest. (laughs) Definitely. Jim Varney was a comic genius, and that character... (laughs) was you can't replicate something like that you know what i mean Vern? <laughs> not what i mean Vern? it's great that's a great movie too uh, i love that one I've, I've i've always that was like one of the main christmas movies that i've watched constantly throughout the year since i was a kid even more than home alone because i love home for me alone. it's oh, home alone yeah most definitely home alone i already watched home alone one and two this year yep but for me my biggest, longest-running Christmas tradition movie would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, that's another one. I forgot about that. <laughs> actually, that's actually shown in the theaters right now, so I may end up going to the theater to see that oh, for once. Nice. Because I know AMC is uh, doing, mm. I think through this week, they're doing like $5 showings of it. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Because I haven't been – that's one movie I haven't been able to see in the theater yet, you know, um, so I, I would love to. I've, I've missed a lot. I just found that new theater that I told you guys about a few weeks ago. That place is awesome. They do stuff like that. Yeah. I have to look and see if they're doing anything for Christmas. And our local Regal Theater does uh, throwback cinema. Yeah. Like every Saturday they'll do one retro movie, but it's on Saturday, and it's always – at the time that I'm busy, so I never get to go. Right. They played the Gremlins <laughs> last weekend, and I was freaking butthurt as hell. I didn't get to watch that in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. That that would be another good one to be able to watch in theaters. There's so many movies, because now you brought up Gremlins, and I forgot about Gremlins. Uh, Die Hard. Die Hard is a must. <laughs> I hadn't gotten it's that a Christmas up, movie. I hear you screaming, shut up. It is not Christmas time until Hans Gruber falls from Nakatomi Plaza. I don't care what anybody God says. Damn right. It is a Christmas movie. I will fight you to the death on that. So don't Same. don't cross me. Don't at me because it is a fucking Christmas movie. That's my rant. That's my rant for the week. End rant. End. <laughs> But we got a good show for you. Um, we'll come back here to talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Christmas Evil in a moment. Just to kind of uh, kind of go over a little bit of news, because um, there isn't a whole lot for this week. Um, news has been kind of like pretty pretty scarce for the week, but that, that's all right. I mean, we've got a lot to talk about with these movies anyway, so 
it'll be good to get through some of this news here fairly quickly. Uh, to kind of start things off here, uh, there was another death. Uh, character actor by the name of Claude Earl Jones passed away actually late in November. He was dude was 86 years old, but he was notable because he was in Bride of Reanimator. He was the lieutenant in that who was mm-hmm. trying to, you know, find out what Herbert West and, you know, you know they were doing and whatnot. So that was an, another – that was one that he was pretty well known for. But he was been in a lot of stuff. I mean stuff like uh, Kojak, uh, Police Story, Battlestar Battle Galactica, not Battlescar, uh, Different Strokes <laughs> – uh, greatest American Hero, T.J. Hooker, so on and so forth. I mean, he's he's yeah, been around yeah, the block. He's, yeah, he's got one of those one of those faces where you you just recognize him yep. instantly. Like that's that guy. I don't know his name, but he's from that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, Bride Reanimator, I loved it, and his his role was great because you know he the entire movie he he didn't. He's like the only one that didn't buy their bullshit. Right. <laughs> he knew all along. Yeah, he's like, these guys are fucking weird. And they're doing something super fucking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when he gets killed and then brought back, and then it just <clears throat> yeah. shit goes way wrong from there. Oh, yeah. Reanimator movies are some of my favorites. I, I love Reanimator so much. But... Sad loss, but I mean, dude, dude had a long life. I mean, he had a long oh, yeah. good career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So rest in peace, you know. Yes, rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers to his family and whatnot. But it's 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 sad, but the, there's such a catalog of you know his work and whatnot. So there's plenty, plenty to be able to see of his. But so. On that sad note, moving into some very exciting news. Now, we are recording this on Sunday night. So, mm-hmm. this just to kind of keep 8th. that in. December 8th. <laughs> so, this past week, a bunch of information regarding the new Ghostbusters movie came out. So, we did get the confirmation of the title of the new Ghostbusters movie, which is now titled Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, they actually released a, a, a synopsis now for this as well because it's been kind of unknown what the actual story is about. But now the synopsis for this is when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. So the question begs is who's the grandfather? I, I, I have a you know, a hunch and a lot of people have the hunch that it's probably a way to pay tribute to Harold Ramis. Cause obviously he did pass away a number of years ago. And I, yeah, I have the same feeling. I mean, if not, it feels like that'd be a missed opportunity. Right. And so I, I, I really believe it's probably him as being the grandfather. Cause you know, the, they move into the grandfather's farm and whatnot. And that's where, uh, Finn Wolfhard ends up finding the Ecto-1 in the barn and everything, and I guess the the daughter of the, the single mother actually finds a PKE meter, so that's kind of how it all starts, where they find each of those things. They did release some shots uh, 
behind-the-scenes shots uh, from the movie. So you, in one of them, you have Paul Rudd holding, holding one of the ghost traps. And Paul Rudd actually plays a teacher in this, I guess, uh, from what I was hearing. So I'm, I'm guessing he's, he's obviously probably the teacher of these two kids, or, you know, at least in the school. And, uh, you know, so you have that picture. You have the picture of the actor one actually driving through a cornfield and, like, whipping shitties in a cornfield or something. It was kind of a cool picture. And that's yeah. that's actually what they went with for the uh, for the poster too is is the the Ecto one driving through the the cornfield or the wheat field or whatever the fuck it was. The other big piece of information regarding this, and the reason why I brought up that we are recording this on Sunday night, is tomorrow on December 9th, they are releasing the first official trailer for this movie, which mm. is very very exciting. Yes. Oh man, this is this is the Ghostbusters movie we need. <laughs> I'm so excited for right. it. <laughs> I agree 100%. I mean, it's coming at the perfect time. I mean, nostalgia factor is going to be up the wazoo with this. I mean, you got all this. Do you, do you think that they could possibly get Rick Moranis as like a a cameo role for I, this? Because that that I would hope. be awesome i mean that I, would be so good if they could bring him back from retirement just yeah. for this movie <laughs> i i think it would be great if he he would i i don't think he will i'm holding out hope yeah. though you know yeah because i know he had mentioned that there's nothing really to go back to regarding that story for him and but i'm hoping maybe maybe they were able to talk him into it and it's he being was kept my favorite character of the movie yes lewis <laughs> Tully was, was my favorite character too because he was this super uber freaking dork, but he was so self-aware about it, and he didn't let it stop him. He was super charismatic. He was always having these parties. Exactly. He was always going around making sure everybody was having a great time, and, you know, he was, he was like, showing that you can be this super freaking dork, and you don't have to be this sweaty, smelly nerd that <laughs> stays in with his mother all the fucking time. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> So th there's a lot to be excited about here with this because, I mean, mm -hmm. all the new information coming out and finally going to get a trailer. You get to see what the movie's going to kind of look like. I mean, even if it's just a short glimpse, it, it's at least something. Because, I mean, July is going to come quick. I mean, we're seven and a half Oof. months away from this being released. Oh, man. 2019 went so fucking fast, man. Yeah. It, it definitely has. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure 2020 is just going to go twice as quick. It's it's going to be ridiculous because before you know it, it's going to be fucking Halloween again, and we're going to be talking about Halloween kills and getting ready to see that. So <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for this. I mean, there's so many good movies coming out this next year. I mean, if if just looking at just a handful, because I mean, you've got this, you've got the Invisible Man, you've got Halloween Kills, you've got the new Saw movie. I mean, even non horror, you're you're talking Bill and Ted Face the Music is coming out, you know, this coming mm -hmm. up summer. I mean, there's so much, there's so much to look forward to. I mean, the new Bond movie. I mean, there's just so much content and movies yeah. coming out this next year. It's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see anything Child's Play next year. Anything that would be great. From, yeah, yeah. Anything from, like, the the curse slash cult of Chucky timeline would be great. Oh, I agree. 
I agree. I'm, I'm hoping that that either the TV show's coming out here, because I know we talked a little bit about that in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. You know, kind of get that going so we can get some more movies going. Because I know Don Mancini wants to do the TV show and work that into movies after that. So Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Because like we said, Brad Dorif ain't getting any younger, you know. No. You gotta, and then we got the... The possibility, I don't think if it if it happens, it's definitely not going to happen next next year. I don't think. But the then we got the the Nightmare on Elm Street might be getting a reboot, remake, new sequel? Something. Question mark. We don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, and then you know, I know we hate talking about it, but you know, Friday the Thirteenth, that shit's supposed to be wrapped up in May. Hopefully, May or June, it's supposed oh, to be done. God. I freaking hope so, man. And at, at this point, I don't care who gets it. Just let, just to settle it, and then let somebody pay you the money that you think you deserve, so they can buy the license and make a fucking movie or something. Yep. Give it to one of these these filmmakers that are doing these super low budget fan films. That obviously have a passion for this franchise. Like and, and Vincent DeSanti or something like that. Exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Give him, or I mean, at least somebody. somebody like him. Somebody that actually gives a fuck. Somebody that's a fan. Let them do something with this. Yep. I, I agree. mean, personally, I like the remake, but it was. Michael Bay wasn't, like, this huge Friday fan, and it was kind of no. obvious, because he, he changed about some really key shit that some people can't look past. Didn't he fucking walk out of the premiere, too? Or something? Uh, I think he did. I I think so, yeah. But yeah. who fucking cares? That's Michael Bay. Who fucking cares yeah, about him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give it give it to somebody that has a passion, like the, the Vincent DeSantis of the world. Yep. You know, the guy that has this this raw talent to make an amazing movie out of literally no budget. I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> Give it to somebody that's going to do some good for once, you know? Yes. I mean, yeah, you got studio money and all that bullshit, but once you start getting all these big-ass studios in, involved and whatnot, and I'm sure it's probably going to still go through New Line no matter what they do because New Line, that's New Line, or Warner Brothers, or you know, AT and T now. Yeah, so, yeah. but <laughs> soon to be Disney. <laughs> oh God, I don't even want to think about something like that. I don't know if I could work Disney's for Disney. Disney's going to own our entire lives. I don't know if I could ever work for Disney. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe for Pixar. That's probably yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Pixar's Pixar's good. I like Pixar. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on with Ghostbusters. Uh, another little bit of tidbit of uh, information regarding movies um, is The Conjuring. Because the new Conjuring movie actually is coming out uh, this next year, actually, in September. So that's actually due to be out September 11th of 2020. Uh, we finally have a title for the new Conjuring movie. So... I don't really care for the title. I'm interested to see what it's going to end up happening with it. But it's called The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. The I, title's dumb as it, hell it for really a Conjuring is. movie. 
I mean, the Conjuring movies, their their titles are like one word or two or yep. something really simple, like The Nun or Annabelle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, personally, myself, I have been very long removed from the Conjuring universe. I've only seen the, the first two original main titles and the first Annabelle movie, and that movie was garbage. It was. <laughs> if you're if you're I out didn't watch there, the other ones. Yeah. If you're mm. out there, skip the first Annabelle movie and just go straight to Annabelle Creation. That's, yeah, I still need to watch it. I wasn't I wasn't sold on it until I heard your opinions and I, I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Yeah. I definitely didn't go see it in theaters. i did but we we actually got to was it that one we got to see for free i think maybe no no we we went to we got to see the newest one for free which that one was okay i still think it was better than the first one um but definitely annabelle creation if you're gonna see any of them see that one because that one's pretty damn good but that's that's a whole other story, but yeah, I I, I agree because Conjuring Universe has been kind of hit and miss with all of their movies. You know, they for just the most part. yeah, they're just jumping all over the place with spinoffs, and it's like that's not how this movie series started, right? So I don't know how I would personally. I I heard bad things, and I personally thought that the nun looked stupid as hell, so I never watched it. It had potential. But I'm not into. I'm not into. Par- you know how I feel about. I'm not into right. paranormal horror movies. So. Right. Like the Conjuring one, that was like the cream of the crop for paranormal movies in my mind because that was a great movie. Yeah, I agree. I love that one. Yeah. And that's a good example of a PG-13 movie. You know, actually yes. being scary. But oh yeah. We won't get into that discussion again and how I feel about Black Christmas because I was trying to avoid it as much <laughs> as possible. <laughs> Uh, oh, but once again, a uh, little side note: don't go see Black Christmas on Friday the Thirteenth. Instead, make sure to watch Joe Bob's Red Christmas special on Shutter. Um, I will actually be watching, and I will be live tweeting throughout the whole marathon. So feel nice. free to join in. Um, I'll start off using the hashtag uh, CLS Podcast and whatever else that they decide to use that day. Um, but yeah, you can follow us, um, on Twitter at CLS podcast and I'll, I'll definitely be live tweeting throughout the, the night on during that marathon. So I, I had fun actually doing that for the, uh, the Halloween marathon. So, and it was the first yeah, time I'd, I actually, I'd love to join you with it, but man, my, it's gotta be my internet because I can never get the live shutter to work ever. Well, that's the thing, because I I had that same issue, but they must have done something to fix something, because I haven't had any issues with Shudder in the last probably four or five months at all. Well, I didn't have any issues with Shudder before, besides the the original Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, Mm -hmm. but that was just such an overload of all these nostalgic fans coming in at the same time, running over their servers, just steamrolling the crap out of them. But after that, I didn't really have a whole lot of problems. But then I moved, and I got much, much shittier internet, and I cannot get Shutter to work gotcha. unless it's on Amazon. Okay, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, that that makes sense then. But yeah. Either way, even if nobody joins me, 
I'll be here by myself watching it <laughs> and live tweeting. So feel free to join in. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be fun. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun doing that again. It'll be my second time ever live tweeting. <laughs> I feel so fucking old because I feel like the technology is so passing me by nowadays. <laughs> I just Twitter's so old, old now, man. They got all kinds of new shit now. <laughs> I know. I know. My age is really starting to show. It feels like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like starting to feel it. I'm like over that hill where I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30 now. So oh man, I saw sucks. a meme on Facebook a while back that the the guy guy you know people like screenshot tweets and use that as a meme. Yep. Um, one guy posted on Twitter something to the effect that I just told a a millennial that I used to get Netflix in the mail and I'm pretty sure he thinks I was lying. <laughs> I was like, man, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, I remember. I had I remember that at first on too. the PS3 before they even came out with apps. You could when they first started streaming, you had to get a Netflix streaming disc. Oh wow, I remember <laughs> that to run the app off of this disc to put into your PS3. <laughs> god, that's so old now. Even though it wasn't that long yeah, ago, my age is showing too. <laughs> Good god, all these young kids nowadays don't even know yeah. the struggle. <laughs> that's all right though age is gonna happen just gotta embrace it yeah. and move the fuck on the future is now old man <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for making me feel even worse about my age now <laughs> i am i'm getting that's old, what though. i'm here for <laughs> my body definitely feels old that's for sure oh if fuck else. yes man <laughs> oh i tell you what though hitting the gym though has been helping a lot it, if anything else, it helps a lot with your mood, I think. It makes makes you a lot more positive, a lot more happy. For me, at least, just getting the endorphins going in my brain and knowing that I have a goal and I'm yeah actively working towards it, it just makes my, my week and my day so much better. I agree. I definitely agree, 100%. Yeah. it's It's definitely been helpful for me. I, I actually feel good after I work out. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice. Cause I've also been trying yeah. to keep track of how many times I'm going to the, the gym. So I've been like checking in on Facebook every time I go so I can see, yeah. you know, six months this from now, sort of accountability kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Cause then I can look back and be like, Hey, I went to the gym this many times in the last six months or whatever the fuck it may end up being. Yeah. You know? So, because my wife is like, why do you got to check in every time? I'm like, because I, I want to keep track. <laughs> I want to know, you know, when I look back, you know, a few months from now that I went all these times, you know, and to see where I'm going and where I've been and, and my progress. And even if, even if it's, if you're the kind of person, not you specifically, but anybody in general is the kind of person that you want to go to the gym and you want to show off to people that you're working out. Fuck it, man. That's. You're you're proud of yourself. Be proud of yourself. Don't care. Oh, oh, Isaiah's at the gym again. Oh, rolling my <laughs> eyes while I'm sitting on the fucking couch complaining about it. Just keep scrolling, man. Right. He's proud of himself. Just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, especially when you're trying to better yeah. yourself. Oh yeah, and you, you know sometimes just uh, 
it I don't know. It's a little psychological for me. Sometimes when I get like an acknowledgement from somebody, like, "Wow, you you're, you look really good. You lost a lot of weight." I mean that 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 motivates me to keep going because you don't know I could be on the edge where I'm like I'm about to fucking quit because right. I'm not seeing any <laughs> results, and then someone's like, "Well, you're looking really good," and then that that lifts me up. So something like that, it could be multifaceted more than just keeping track of it or something like right. that. No, definitely. Yeah. Like it it caught me off guard because uh, I don't I haven't felt like I've lost any weight you know, since I started six months ago or whatever yeah. it was. And it hasn't been a lot, um, but I'm sure a lot of it's building muscle too. Cause I'm, I'm lifting weights. It's not just like cardio and stuff yeah. like that. But, uh, cause they weighed us when we got our lifetime membership and, uh, cause they did the whole orientation walk you through everything, take your, basically your, your BMI and, and all that crap. And so I was surprised to find out that I actually lost 20 pounds because I thought, because I, I knew. Hell yeah, congratulations, man. Right. Yeah, it was, it was good because, you know, because up until that point, because I would, for those that don't know, I've been work I was working with a personal trainer and end up having to leave that because let's just say things didn't work out and we felt like we wasted money for six months. And, and for the most part we did, I mean, granted I did end up losing 20 pounds, but at the same time, you know, my goal was a lot higher than that, which I mean, I'm, I'm over that now, but there's a lot of other, other factors that kind of played into me having to leave working with a personal trainer. Yeah. But just to know that I, I've lost something, you know, it's more than what I can say from the last three or four years, you know, I'm at least back down to I'm actually a little bit less than what I was when I got married so that's that's a plus Hell yeah I was still a little too big at that time I mean I, I say I was a little too big I mean it's not nearly as bad as how some people can get you know and I'm not putting other people down yeah because I've, I've struggled no that no way my whole Absol- life. absolutely not we're, we're not we're not at like that at all in this right. podcast I mean you, you guys different strokes for different folks I mean, exactly you do whatever you want <laughs> but so I'm, I'm getting to that point where i'm getting closer to 300 so my first goal is 300 if i can get under 300 i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good so i'm once I'm, you hit it man you gotta you gotta set the next goal and keep going <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly because so. if you get complacent you'll get caught in it just as happened to me millions of times right yeah. So my goal weight is 220, because that was the lightest I've ever been. Because I'm I'm taller, so I'm 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 not expecting to get under right. 200. And uh, so if I can get down to 220, that's ideal. So I'm about 100 pounds off from that. So I've I've been dieting and working out for almost two years now, and I'm I'm about. Last time I weighed, I said about 20 pounds away from my Marine Corps weight. Okay. And that makes me feel really good because that was way beyond my original goal. My original goal was to get down to 200, down yep. to 200 pounds from 260. And that was tough getting back into it, man. My body is not, I'm not fucking 20 years old anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It's, I really wish. It was. It's a long road to get here. I mean, I lost in 2019. I lost over 50 pounds. 
That's good. Just just from cutting out. All I did was cut out sugar, and I have a very physical job. I didn't start working out until a couple months ago mm-hmm. because I just wanted to shed uh, shed fat and not build muscle until right. I hit my goal. And now, man, I feel great. Yeah. No, I, that's that's awesome, especially especially if you can do it before you hit 30. Cause I know yeah, I've, well, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm right there. Right. Because <laughs> I, I know I've mentioned it in the past, because once you hit 30, things just start breaking down. It's I don't know what it is. It's like a fucking ticking time bomb. It's like as soon as you hit 30, just shit starts going wrong. Like my back. I got six months <laughs> and right. I'll be 30. <laughs> right. See, because like my back issues never like I've always had back issues, but like they didn't get bad until after I was 30. Like like deliberate like don't del- say that man i got bad oh back my god problems <laughs> as long as you're working your back out and keeping it strong you should be fine but like oh my god debilitating you want to talk about because like i've ended up in the emergency room twice since i turned yeah. 30 for my back and uh well i've been in the hospital once for my back but i was a lot younger than i am now right but i've always had heavy lifting physical jobs because because i'm a knucklehead and that's what i like to do yeah <laughs> yeah but it doesn't pay very good but <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah true very true but like the back issues really started ramping up after i hit 30 and then also uh started getting arthritis in my hips and my knees are they're they're getting better because they're getting stronger now but my knees got pretty bad like my knees click when i walk my both my knees and yeah, my ankles mine, mine have done that but i i blame uncle sam for that yeah and you come after me uncle sam i ain't scared <laughs> i ain't scared <laughs> but yeah that's all just to say Take care of your body, people. <laughs> don't don't get yes. into yeah. You the only get I'm one. In. Definitely take care of yourself. You know you want to you want to be around. You know, watch your whoever whoever's special to you. Right. Watch them live their life and experience it with them. At least that's that's my main goal. Is I want to watch my nephews grow up and yeah things like that and enjoy a longevity of life. Definitely. Cause I don't feel like dying by the time I'm forty. Cause I oh, honestly, fuck no. I was I was well on my way to you know a fucking heart attack or, or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause that once I actually once I hit uh, thirty four, so uh, about a year and a half ago, it was kind of like I started getting like extremely tired all the time and stuff. And that's oh yeah, that was when I was my heaviest. Um, and I'd say for for me, I'd, I'd tie that directly into eating a bunch of sugar. Oh, yeah. Because that's what sugar does to you. It runs your body so much uh, more strenuous than it than it can, and then you just, you're just tired all the time. Yeah. And it if you sit back and read the freaking nutritional facts, you'll realize these drinks that people are drinking, like, all day, every day, it's mm-hmm. nothing but sugar. I mean, a oh yeah, a Mountain one Mountain Dew has more sugar than a Twix bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's bad. Yeah, even like even like iced teas, like ice. You, yeah. People think iced teas are healthy. They're not. They have just as uh, yeah. much sugar, you know, as as mm-hmm. a lot of the pop and stuff. And that's that's why, like for the most part, 
Um, I've for the most part cut that shit out. You know, unless we're that's, that's, out to that's eat. where you get your bulk of it. Is your right? I've had the same issue going out to eat. Your bulk of it is going to be in your drinks, and yep. that's that's mind boggling to me. But yeah, and that's that. And for me, a big offender for me is freaking pasta sauce because I fucking love it. <laughs> actually, I got a spaghetti, all that shit. I I've made it once, but I, I've actually got a good recipe for pasta sauce that I got from one of my other workout regimens that didn't really work mm-hmm. out. But the pasta sauce is really good, and it doesn't like. It's like you you make it homemade and it makes a lot of it so that you can like, you know, use it for like a week or whatever. So yeah. I might have to look for that so I can give that to you because that, that, that's a good yeah, way to be able to great. do pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's definitely not a lot of salt or sugar in it, but it tastes Hell pretty yeah. damn good. But wow, we really got off topic here a little bit that's yeah it seems like it seems like when it's me and you we turn into the fitness podcast (laughs) what today there there ain't nothing wrong with that i'm i'm hey you know we we like to mix it up here at the crystal lake soldiers podcast you never know what you're gonna get (laughs) right we can have a whole outline and not hit anything quite right (laughs) but that's okay this has been the fitness hour with the cls podcast but <laughs> anyways, wow, we've we've been talking for a long time on this, but that's okay. Um God, we're we're almost at fifty minutes and haven't even like hit our main topic yet. Well, we were we were pretty far along before yeah. we started the fitness because we went we on did. about different Christmas movies and shit and Right. <laughs> I'm sure editing will cut it down a little bit. Well, <laughs> Maybe not, but just <laughs> well, we cut out this part, <laughs> or maybe it'll make it in there. It'll be depending Ooh. on how I feel. <laughs> but no, it's it, it's good. I, I I like the spontaneity sometimes because it kind of helps things keep things you break interesting. up the monotony, man. Exactly, because it, it it it's so easy to get into that just. We do news, we do trailers, then we talk about the main topic. This this is a nice break in, in between it all. I, I, I like this yeah. kind of stuff. And it makes things interesting. And, and those that are listening may find it interesting too because by no means are we fucking fitness ex- experts, but it's stuff that's interesting. Oh, God, no. So <laughs> please keep that in mind. Disclaimer. Neither, are, nor do I want <laughs> to be. <laughs> no. God, no. That's a lot of freaking nutritional research. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> definitely not. Nope. I just I just research the shit that works for my body and not everyone else's. Exactly. So if, if it works for me and it didn't work for you, I'm sorry. I'm not an expert. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, it's a good good talk though. I mean, uh, that's some good stuff. You know, regarding yeah. fitness journeys and whatnot. Uh, just to kind of quickly go over a couple of trailers for some stuff that's actually coming up. Uh, we won't spend a whole lot of time on this so we can get to the bulk of what we're going to be talking about tonight. But uh, coming up in January, so we'll kind of go in order of dates that they're going to be released. So on HBO is coming a new adaption from Stephen King's work. It's actually going to be a 10-episode series, uh, and it's called The Outsider. This actually looks really, really, really good. And yeah, it did. I, I know you mentioned earlier before we started um, recording about the whole crime drama, 
you know, kind of thing is, mm-hmm. is really interesting. And that's what really kind of dragged me in. And what's cool about this and what's really interesting is that Stephen King is actually calling this one of his best adaptations of his work. So that's that's cool, and that's got me very, very interested to be able to watch this. Yeah, there, Stephen King's getting a lot of uh, a lot of traction on film and TV lately, and it's it's so so far it's all been great. So and this this looked really good. It had I don't know the guy's name. I'll look it up real quick. But the guy from uh, Bloodlines, I really mm-hmm. loved his character in that show. Yep, and that was a good show. For, I never finished and watched the second season, but yeah, it was the same kind of thing, like kind of cop drama e and. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, definitely. Very, very exciting. So definitely check that out. That comes out January 12th, uh, 2020. Um, so that's coming up very, very quick because, you know, December is going to be over before we know it. I mean, it's it's going by so quick already because we're already on, yeah, December 8th. So we're almost a third of the way through the month and it just feels like Thanksgiving was just was just here, you know. Ben Ben Mendelson is his name. That's right. Yep. So definitely look for that. That is once again going to be on HBO. Now, coming out through Shudder, because Shudder's been on a roll with getting different like yeah. series they've and movies. They've been killing it, man. Oh, definitely. they pumping stuff out. But they've been like funding all these foreign uh, budget movies or yep. whatever you want to call them. Not exactly budget movies, but not exactly A-listers. Exactly. They've, they've been for the most part, hit than more hit than miss. Oh, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I, I would agree, a hundred percent, a hundred percent on this. So, oh yeah, coming out January twenty third, twenty twenty, is the Deadlands, and that's going to be ex- exclusively through Shutter. And this one actually looks cool. I, I know I mentioned before we started recording about this one is that kind of reminded me a lot of like a ap- Apocalypto and whatnot. It, it's kind of got a cool looking aesthetic to it that I like. And it's interesting. Yeah. The, the, like, as far as like the filters on the camera and the lighting and the makeup and the way everything's done, it's, it's really unique and apocalypto esque. And that's that, that in itself is what's drawing me to this movie. Cause I love different art styles and films and things like that. Yep. Hundred percent. So that that's another one good one to kind of look out for. These these streaming services have been kind of on fire when it comes to this kind of stuff too. But between Mandalorian, yes, <laughs> Disney Plus is a must-have for the Mandalorian. You got to yeah. get your baby Yoda. <laughs> got to get your baby Yoda in. Yes. But to kind of cap things off for upcoming stuff that we kind of watch trailers for this week is finally, after kind of a long period, um, the movie Hanukkah is being released. Now, this is um, – they had a, a limited release this month, obviously because Hanukkah is coming up. But this is going to be released wide on Blu-ray and whatnot on February 11th, 2020. And this is like one of, one of the first Hanukkah-themed horror movies. The other notable thing with this, I mean, there's a bunch of people in this movie, but it's notable because this is one of both Sid Haig's and Dick Miller's final movies. 
that's enough to watch it. Yes. That, that's all you need to know to go watch this movie. <laughs> you don't need, I mean, watch the trailer because it, it looks really freaking good. Yeah. But that's, for me, Sid Haig, I'm sold on it. Dick Miller, 100% sold on it. They're both legends. And this is kind of like a pinnacle point in their career because, unfortunately, they're, they're both not with us anymore. Yep. And it might actually be Dick Miller's last movie. I think, I, I don't think it was Sid Haig's. It's one of his, for sure. Yeah. One of them. It, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's his last one, but it, it's definitely one of them. Definitely, yeah. It was between that and maybe two other ones. Yeah. But, so that's, that's exciting <clears throat> in itself. Um, Dick Miller, obviously, is always great, and he brings back his Walter Paisley character one last time in this movie. So that's notable enough for me to be able to want to watch it, just to be able to see Walter Paisley just one more time, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just because he's yeah. had that character for so many years in so <laughs> many different movies, you know, so many different situations. It's, it's, it's always great and an honor to be able to see him portray that character. And it's so quirky and stuff that it, it's just great that, the, the character I don't even know how many times that character's fucking died but he's, he's, that character's been around for so long it's it's amazing and then on top of that I mean you've got a kind of an all-star horror cast because I mean you got Charles Fleischer who he played the the sleep doctor in the original Nightmare on Elm Street uh, you've also got Carolyn Williams and then PJ Souls. I mean, you've got a bunch of people in this movie. It's it's going to be good. It's super cheesy looking, super B movie esque, but that's perfect. It's yeah, but it's it's unique. I mean, how often I can't think of a single Jewish themed holiday Hanukkah anything like that horror movie. I can't think of any. I can't think of one either, honestly. And there may be one, but I I, I obviously can't think of one. they're there. I. Willing to bet money there is, because if you can think it, it exists. Right. <laughs> right. So, definitely, that this out of the list of these movies for this week, this is the one I'm definitely looking forward to the most. Because um, I've been following this movie for about a year, year and a half or so, and I'm, I'm glad oh, wow. it's finally coming out. And I started following it after they had already, like, shot it and everything, you know. So, the, the, they've been working on this for a long, long time. <laughs> so... It's it's something to definitely look forward to. I, I'm looking forward to it for Sid Haig and for Dick Miller specifically. So very, very excited. With that being said, we are going to move into tonight's discussion where we're going to be reviewing two more classic Christmas horror movies. First off, we're going to take a look at Silent Night, Deadly Night. was the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there.
Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas. Silent Night. Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night was released on November 9th, 1984. It was made on a budget of $1,065,000, and that's an estimate. Oof, that's that's cheap. It it is really cheap. (laughs) So this was directed by Charles E. Salier Jr. It starred Robert Brian Wilson, Gilmer McCormick, Tony Nero, and the lovely Linnea Quigley. The plot of this movie is little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by a senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Now Billy is 18 and out of the orphanage, and he just became Santa himself. So a couple little pieces of trivia regarding this movie before we start breaking down and discussing our thoughts and how we came about loving this movie. This movie actually opened the same weekend as A Nightmare on Elm Street both released in 1984 and this mm-hmm. movie actually briefly outgrossed Nightmare on Elm Street by about $161,000 since it was playing in actually twice as many theaters um, but that obviously fell by 45% in the, in the second weekend so at first they were actually doing better than Nightmare on Elm Street on top of that and this is the biggest reason why it dropped by like 45% in the second weekend is the release of this film was picketed by angry parents who were not happy to see Santa Claus depicting <laughs> being depicted as an axe murderer. So, And this is despite the fact that both Tales from the Crypt from the 70s had done the exact same thing for their An All Through the House adaptation, the original one, and mm-hmm. then also Christmas Evil, which we're reviewing later here. Both of those had done well, the man, same I thing. I mean, I'd have to say, I get it, not wanting your kids to see that crap. Yep. But just don't let them freaking see it. It's that, that simple. Exactly. They're your kids. Raise your children. Don't expect some fake motion picture association to <laughs> coddle to what you want for your children. You right. can do that on your own without raising hell about it. Exactly. But this was the 80s. They are picketing everything regarding yeah, horror movies, so yeah, it's, the, it's not surprising. It was right there on the cusp right before the satanic panic of the 90s. Yep. definitely (laughs) so just two more pieces of uh, info regarding this movie that are good trivia Uh, the film was originally known as Sleigh Ride throughout its production TriStar actually decided to change the name to Silent Night Deadly Night at the very last minute so originally it was supposed to be known as Sleigh Ride and then finally many of the kill scenes were actually directed by editor Michael Spence because the director was actually very uncomfortable for handling uh, the gore heavy the gore heavy parts of the movie, so that's really interesting because this this movie is that definitely is gore heavy. And, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and yeah, so knowing that the director couldn't handle that and he was directing this movie is kind of funny, but uh, yeah, overall this movie is great. Uh, now, what were you saying regarding? Because um, you were talking a little bit earlier with me about this movie and, and how you became to love it. Oh yeah. Well, it was just, it was, uh, it was a lucky, uh, movie, uh, rental find. We were looking for something cause we, we both love the cheesy horror movies, especially yep. with extra gore and a lot of, uh, scary. It was scary to me. I loved it. And we just saw the 
Silent Night, Deadly Night, and the box art, and it was just the freaking Santa's arm coming out of the chimney with the <laughs> bloody axe. I love and it was that. Like, we gotta watch this fucking movie. That that box art was brilliant. Yes. <laughs> it just it was so simple, but it said everything. And it was I didn't I was really young. I was really, really young. And I didn't really grasp the theme at the time of what was going on in this kid's life. And it was it was bad. That poor kid had such a rough time. It's no wonder he didn't snap sooner. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> it's. I mean, first off, you know, you're you're already upset because your grandfather t- was telling you that you know Santa punishes those that are naughty. You know, that's first right. off. And that same night that happened, you know, mm-hmm. hiding, he's like hiding in a bush, watching his parents get murdered his mom's getting felt up and murdered yep it was it was bad <laughs> then santa you know coming out and saying where are you you little shit or whatever the fuck he said and you know holding that bloody yeah. knife and oh my god that would be enough to traumatize anybody <laughs> plus billy was so young at that point you know oh and yeah and such an impressionable mind like that you know, and he was already saying that he doesn't want to see Santa because of what his grandfather said. You know, yeah. his grandfather just freaked the shit out of him because for those that haven't seen the movie, it starts off with them going to see the grandfather. The grandfather's in a nursing home. He's basically almost comatose. And he's just sitting there. And then when they yeah. when the doctor takes them, the mother and father away, they tell, you know, their son, their five year old son or whatever it is to stay with grandpa while they go you know, deal with paperwork or whatever. The grandfather then turns to him and, you know, starts talking about Santa and says basically that you should be afraid of Santa for the most part. Is that kind of scene what he was scared the piss out of me. <laughs> yes. Like this guy is, he's like, he, it was like a vegetable. Like he didn't, it's like he almost didn't even breathe. And then the parents are gone and he just snaps springs to, life. to life. Like the damn puppet master puppet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that that old man scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, so if it's if it's good enough to scare scare the crap out of us, you can just imagine what that character is going through, being oh, you know, yeah. a five year old child, and then so, then to have the Santa you know pull a gun, shoot your dad in the fucking face, and then you know crash, and then you know pulls the mother out, starts ripping her clothes off and feeling her up. Didn't he just come from, like, robbing a store? Yes, he robbed the uh, convenience like, store to steal yeah, some money and killed the... Yeah, 31 bucks. Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So it, it starts off with a bang. I mean, you want to talk about a uh-huh. fucked up kid? That's your fucked up kid. That's your killer for this movie. So then, oh, it keeps going. It oh, gets more fucked up. It does, because then you fast forward, you know, and then he's in the the orphanage, which is a Catholic orphanage, and he draws, you know, a picture of Santa being killed for his class, and the nun tells him to go see Mother Superior, and you know that all happens, and he apologizes, yada yada yada, but gets sent to his room and told, and Mother Superior told him that he needs to stay there be- until she says he can come out so the other nun felt bad for him went in there to you know tell him to come outside and play with the other kids and whatnot as he's going to leave he hears two people having sex because what would a horror movie be without some sex and some nudity 
So he's watching through the peephole like a little perv, watching these two getting it on. <laughs> Mother Superior shows up, starts whipping them, and tells him to go, you know, away. And then she comes outside and tells him that basically he needs to be punished. And so she ends up whipping him too. <laughs> and so that's just even more traumatizing. Basically, Mother Superior just like wants to get these thoughts out of his mind about Santa being evil and all this. Cause after that, they actually, she forces him to sit on Santa's lap because they have a Santa that comes every year to the orphanage for the kids to give them gifts and whatnot, forces him to sit on Santa's lap. And that fucking kid cold cock Santa <laughs> knocks his ass on yeah. the ground. I thought that was the oh, funniest I mean, thing. Why, why would you think that's a good idea? Obviously really? he's not over his anxiety yet. He still has a lot of shit to work through. Yeah. And you know, you don't, you don't just throw kids into the deep end of their psyche like that. No, that's, that that's how you fuck people up. <laughs> yep, exactly. So that is even more trauma. So, I mean, and then after that, after he gets whipped and everything, he's, uh, having nightmares and, uh, Oh no no he, he so he gets so he is having nightmares and he goes to leave the room well, he to has try nightmares to leave. through the whole movie yeah. yes so this is like the first time he's having nightmares and whatnot and uh, obviously it's of the Santa Claus and all that and he goes to leave the room Mother Superior finds him trying to leave she grabs him and ties him to the fucking bed to make him mm-hmm. stay in his bed I mean this woman is just fucking abusing this kid and. And this is obviously happening throughout this whole time, you know, and so that happens. Then it jumps forward about 10 years and mm-hmm. Billy turns 18, basically. It turns into a beefcake. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hotty with a body. He's like, I don't need no kid working in the stock room. And he sees him. He's like, yeah, he can work in the stock room. <laughs> <laughs> And this gets to like the my favorite part in this whole movie because it's so like cliche, but it's so good. But you get the '80s montage with the song of him working. Yeah, it's so perfect. It's so good. I love it. It's a it's a staple, man. For for a good any kind of '80s movie, I, I if there's a montage in it, I'm gonna smile. Yep. I don't care what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So you, you basically see Billy working throughout the months leading up to Christmas. You know, stocking shelves, all that stuff. Having a good old time, enjoying the company of his co-workers as they're working. And it all kind of ends when Billy freaks out seeing Santa Claus. Because mm-hmm. they bring in a Santa because it's getting closer to Christmas. Well, and he's, he's starting to like a girl, too. Yep, he's starting and to that, like Pam. That's, that's got him all kinds of, because, you know, he's still got that idea of... Being naughty. Liking girls and doing things like that is naughty. And then... Yep. If you're naughty, you're going to die. <laughs> yep. So that all happens, and, you know, flash forward to the, you know, Christmas Eve. I believe it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's got to be Christmas yes. Eve. Yes, it is Christmas Eve. They close up the store. They're finally free from the holiday season. They decide to have a party. And, oh, before this, actually. Before, yeah, you skipped I, a very I important that. part. I skipped the, <laughs> one of the most important parts. So, okay, so Billy freaks out seeing Santa. So Billy's kind of acting weird now because it's getting closer to Christmas and all that. 
uh, Billy ends up actually having a fantasy of having sex with his coworker, um, Pam. Mm -hmm. And that's where you kind of learn that, uh, you know, he has a thing for Pam, but in this, in this fantasy that is having, it turns into a nightmare because he, um, ends up turning into Santa and stabbing Pam in, in his dream. And so, um, and then, uh, so that happens where he ends up stabbing Pam in the dream and whatnot. And so he, so flash forward just a little bit here. And, uh, he, uh, basically the Santa Claus that they had ended up, uh, getting hurt. And so mm-hmm. they need a Santa and who better <laughs> to play Santa than the fucking kid. That's just all fucked up from Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to have dumb shit like this to happen or there's no fucking movie. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Makes no sense, but it moves the story along. So yes, Billy ends up being Santa and everybody thinks he's being so good with the kids. And even though he's like, don't be naughty, you know what happens if you're naughty and the kids are just scared (laughs) of him. Like, oh, oh, yeah, they're so well behaved with him. Like they're just sitting there. They're <laughs> petrified. They're not well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. That's so classic. And then he gives her a candy cane and she just runs off. Just all scared and petrified. <laughs> it's perfect. So kind of miss that part. But that's kind of a big part. Um, so that's where it goes into Christmas Eve and then they close up and they have their party and everything. And Billy's still in the mm-hmm. Santa outfit and he seems like he's okay right now. Store owner's drunk as shit. Yes. <laughs> been drinking the whole party, the whole, the whole time the store was open. He's been drinking all fucking day. Yep. But you know, it's the holidays. Why not? That's how he, how we celebrate, right? Let's all get wasted. <laughs> yep, exactly. So... The party goes on, and then so Pam and the guy that likes so there's there's another guy who actually kind of treats Billy like shit. He kind of helps. He's almost like a manager or something, or like a supervisor, something to that effect. I think he's he's a brown uh, noser, basically. <laughs> so he's kind of shitting on Billy the whole time that he's working there, and basically thinks Billy's weird, which obviously he is. He's got some mental he issues. Absolutely is, but that's not his problem. He's right. The problem with Billy is Billy's better at the job than he is. <laughs> exactly. So this guy, you know, he's kind of a creep. He's got this mistletoe, and he he likes Pam too, and Pam kind of likes him. So. They go off into the back stock room and Billy sees this happening and he wants to follow and he's having flashbacks and, and all that. So he's he's slowly starting to devolve here at this point and, you know, becoming crazy again. And so he follows into the back and basically what's going on is Pam's being sexually assaulted. You know, no other yeah. way to put it. I mean, this guy's forcing himself onto her and that that's enough to cause Billy to fucking just lose his shit completely. Ends yeah, full up, on psychotic break, man. Yep. And, he's gone. He, exactly. <laughs> fucking dude grabs us strands of Christmas lights, wrap it around the guy's neck and just lifts him off the fucking ground. Like super yeah. human strength. It's Oh yeah. Intense. Billy's got some fucking muscles. <laughs> he is strong and you will see him again throughout the movie. <laughs> yes. So that's great. And, Oh my God. And then she's freaking out like you're a 
psycho, yada, yada, yada. So now all of a sudden the girl that he likes is basically calling him a psychopath and all this. So she fucking mm-hmm. gets it too then. And yep. it just kind of goes from there because then Mr. S- you know, Sims, the owner of Iris Favorite Tor- part of the movie. Well, my favorite line of the movie. Not favorite part. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what Santa Claus is supposed to do on Christmas Eve, right? <laughs> well, you, be- you better get to work. <laughs> He's like... Oh shit, he's right. I got I got a lot of shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. So Mr. Sims ends up going into the back stock room to investigate what happened. Uh-huh. Dude gets a hammer in the fucking head. The claw of the hammer right oh, in the yeah. fucking head. Well he was he was going back to get frisky with the other lady. Or he's gonna try to. Uh, no, he he because he had heard something. He said he would be right back because he went in back to find out what was going on. And oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And then he was all because he's drunk. He's all like having fun, thinking they're goofing off back there or whatnot, not realizing that they're fucking dead now. <laughs> and so yeah, so he gets the claw of the hammer in his fucking head, and then you know the other lady, um, that was up front, drunk too, is like. You know what's going on, and then the fucking lights go out, and the you know the Christmas lights and all that are on. She's like, "Oh, Mr. Sims, you should see this. It looks so great." Or you know, what other fuck the case may be. And then Billy grabs the axe, and then mm-hmm. you know shit goes south from there. <laughs> I mean, because Billy shows up, tries you know obviously to kill her and whatnot, and there's a kind of a chase throughout the store he cuts the line for the phone as she's trying to call the cops and she goes into hiding goes in the back stock room sees you know mr sims dead and and all that and uh you know she grabs the axe and tries to get away and she's gonna go you know through the door but the door's locked because mr sims locked it after the store closed up she can't get through there she's gonna bust the fucking window open and billy shoots her with a fucking arrow through the fucking chest and it's great i mean yes that that mm-hmm. and then she just dies there and then billy obviously fucking leaves and then because the uh the sister that got him the job working there at iris toys ends up getting a phone call you know you know about him billy having to be santa claus basically and that just triggers something and they're like oh shit something's gonna go wrong she shows up at the fucking toy store and Billy's long gone yeah. at that point, and she yeah, sees she's the like carnage. The Loomis. She's like, you know, that was like the dumbest thing you could ever fucking done. What the hell's wrong with you? But I guess no one knew. No right. one was. They just pulled him from the orphanage. Didn't have anybody watching him or anything. Nope. No one at the store knew that Christmas was a trigger for him, and he definitely didn't tell anybody because he was trying to act normal. He wanted to fit in. Yep, exactly. <laughs> And this so, is the recipe for disaster. Oh, 100%. 100% definitely. So things kind of go from there because, you know, he ends up leaving there after all that. So you end up coming to Tommy and Denise making out on the fucking pool table. Now, Tommy is actually played by Leo Getter. Uh, Leo Getter actually, another little piece of trivia, is actually Barry Sims in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. I didn't realize that Ooh. until I watched it this I last time. I didn't know that. Yeah, if if you put a fucking mustache on it, it's plain clear as day that it's fucking Barry Sims. 
but that, oh, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was interesting. Cause I, I realized it as I'm, as I was watching, I'm like, I recognize him from somewhere. And sure enough, I looked it up and good old Barry Sims. So you got Leo Getter, um, as Tommy and, uh, obviously Linnea quickly as Denise making mm-hmm. out. Of course, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a movie with <laughs> Linnea quickly if she didn't get topless. So uh, she's a little <laughs> bit more than topless. Still. <laughs> so they're making out. The child that she's babysitting wants to come downstairs, but she's, you know, D- Denise makes up a whole thing about them doing homework and telling her to go to bed. Otherwise, Santa's going to think she's naughty and all that. Yeah, she was she was exploiting the whole Santa will bring you Christmas presents if you're good. Yep. Just so she could stay downstairs and, you know, get her freak on. Because, you know, <laughs> teenagers, you know, teenagers are horny as crap. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that happens. And then you have the cat who's outside. And Denise goes up to let the cat back inside. And that's when Billy shows up. Punish. My favorite kill of the whole movie. Yes. He throws that fucking axe, you know, hits the wall, and then, oh my god, the mm-hmm. impalement on those antlers. He just picks her up and right onto the deer antlers. And it's slow, too. And so you just yeah. see that skin just tear. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's such a great yeah, the, kill. Oh man, the practical effects were amazing. I agree. They spent some good money on those effects, because it was top-tier fucking practical effects for the 80s it was great so that happens and then tommy you know ends up coming upstairs finding denise and and whatnot and then they scuffle and he gets it you know he gets fucking just killed too yeah yeah billy's got billy's got some guns all right you Mm -hmm. ain't gonna out wrestle him yeah (laughs) like you wouldn't think a, a fucking throw like that would kill a guy but then when you see him afterwards where he's got the shards of glass in his abdomen, but also in his fucking face. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, that's how he died. He didn't die from the fucking fall from the fucking second story window. from blood loss. (laughs) Yeah. So, that was a great kill, too. You know, even though you you don't really see it, I mean, just seeing the aftermath, it's like, that's that's great. So, as Billy's going to leave, though, the Uh little kid comes out and sees Santa Claus. And Billy, this is a tense moment, too, because you're like, is this guy going to fucking kill this kid? And ask the yeah, little girl if, was... if she's been naughty. And he's pulling out a fucking box cutter. And he ends up fucking giving the girl the box cutter because she said that she's been good all like, year. That's her gift, gift for being good. Here, I don't, I, I think I'm Santa, but I don't have any real presents because I'm only here to punish people. So here, I'm going to give this gift to you so you can go punish people. <laughs> right. Uh, so at this point, you've got the cops now searching for Billy because obviously they found the bodies at the, the toy store and all that. So you see the next scene is like Santa s- sneaking into a little girl's room. You find out the it's the girl's father and these idiot cops are thinking it's – they just bust in this family's house <laughs> <laughs> they go upstairs. Well, I mean, they they saw Santa. They're looking for a, cr- a crazy Santa Claus breaking right. into houses. They see a Santa Claus breaking into a house. They can't like wait for confirmation because someone might be about to die. That's probable cause to go into the house, right? But at the same time, the way that they handled it, it's it's. And oh the yeah, way they no, they were the absolute characters. idiots. Yeah, a hundred percent. But 
I'm just saying I would have checked it out too. Right. Because <laughs> they're pointing guns at this father and her and his daughter, yeah. I think is what it was. Yeah, no, the guns didn't need to come out. No. <laughs> definitely not. But that was that was good. And then you see Billy walking along the road and sneaks down into the fucking ditch because cops are coming by. And, you know, then you got the scene with the, the sledding. The two kids sledding. See, I personally, as an adult now, I have an issue with the, him hiding from the cops. Because in, in Billy's mind, he's not doing anything wrong, so why is right. he hiding? No, I agree. I, I, I didn't like that, but when I didn't pick up on that. Obviously, when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah. But... Uh, I just watched this, and I, I'm drawing a blank of what happens next now. <laughs> so bad. Uh, next he's going to the orphanage right that's right it, it goes to the orphanage now yeah I forget that this movie isn't that long so <laughs> yeah so basically the big climax ends up happening at the orphanage and he shows up as Santa of course mm-hmm. and things get bloody and you know his little brother's there because we didn't mention that in the beginning is you know he's got a little brother named ricky yeah it was a baby in the back of the car yep was a baby in the back of the car when his parents died and then he's in the orphanage with billy and basically you know billy gets his finally you know when the cops catch up to him and obviously ricky's there and sees this all happen and that kind of sets up you know for the sequels and whatnot with ricky being the killer which that's a whole other discussion altogether but yeah uh this movie is definitely one definitely one to watch every year uh for for myself yeah, if you're looking for a good theme for christmas or themed christmas movie that's horror you'll never go wrong with any of these movies in my opinion right there's the first one is my favorite, but the other ones are not any wor- any better or worse. They're, they're all great movies. Yep. This is a great staple if you're looking for a way to continue the Halloween spirit into the Christmas season and try to mold them two together. I think they go together great. Horror is amazing. Blood splatter in the snow is beautiful. Oh, yeah. I, I just love it. I agree 100%. And, yeah, this movie... So if if we were to rate this, because um, I know Black Christmas, I gave it a five out of five. See, Black Christmas is my favorite Christmas horror movie. This one is a close second. With this one, I would probably give it a, a 4.5 out of five. Um, but that's just because I like Black Christmas so much more. And that's just more of my taste with the Christmas horror movies. I don't know. It's it's I, I, I absolutely love this movie. No doubt. It's just, if we're yeah. rating it based off of that, it'd, it'd get a little bit lower than Black Christmas for me. Well, I think we're, I think the reason why we differ on that is I was, I was an adult first time I saw Black Christmas. I didn't really mm. grow up with it. Yeah. And so for years, this was the only Christmas horror movie that I knew, period. Okay. And, and I love it. For me, it is 100% five out of five. It is my favorite. But that doesn't, like I said, don't take away from Black Christmas. I oh, yeah. gave it a four out of five, but in in my eye, four out of five is still a a a plus rating. Is a great movie. Oh, definitely. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. But I mean, you had the you had the the gore, which I'm a 
total gore horror. I don't care how stupid the movie is. If the effects are great, I will love it. I will enjoy every bit of it. <laughs> yep. And it was all there. And I was pre-pubescent and had Linnea Quigley that caters to that part of my growing child boyhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Titties hanging on the wall, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so for me, 100% 5 out of 5. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great movie. If, if you haven't checked it out, this is between Black Christmas and this movie. These are probably the best that you could probably find for Christmas-themed horror movies. And I'm sure as, as things keep growing horror-wise, I'm sure we'll get more. And maybe there's there will be something that surpasses these. But, well, there are a ton of budget indie movies that are great. Oh, you just got to gotta weed through the crappy ones to get to them. Exactly, exactly. And so, with that, that's what we rated for Silent Night, Deadly Night. So, 4.5 out of 5 and a 5 out of 5. So, let's take a look at another 80s Santa serial killer movie. Now, this one actually came out four years before Silent Night, Deadly Night. We're going to be taking a look at 1980s Christmas Evil. I told you he'd be happy that we remembered him. This Christmas, Santa's <laughs> going to make everyone happy. The grown-ups. And the kids. Christmas Evil. The non-believers. Watch out! And the screamers. And this Christmas, you better believe in Santa, or he'll slay you. Merry Christmas, Frank. Christmas Evil, the night he dropped in. So Christmas Evil. Now I know, Mark, that you haven't seen this, so this is going to be both kind of a review as well as kind of a, a teaching thing yeah. or something like that. I mean, it's, I don't know how this movie went under my radar for so long. I mean, I've heard of it, obviously. Right. I've seen it on Amazon all time. I just never turned it on. Yeah. Um, I should have watched it this week, but I didn't. I was busy as hell. Understandable. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about why this is a good choice for a horror movie. Um, and yeah. So let's just start off with some quick facts regarding the movie. So this movie was released in November of 1980. It had an estimated budget of $850,000. The original title Oof. for this movie, which actually shows up in the opening credits, is You Better Watch Out. Uh, now, this was directed by Lewis Jackson. It starred Brandon Maggart, uh, Jeffrey DeMunn, and Diane Hall. This uh, kind of the basic story regarding this movie is a toy factory worker mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real, suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work, 
and embarks on a yuletide killing spree. So a little bit of a trivia regarding this movie. So there's a scene in this movie where Harry, he's the main character serial killer. He slips on the, on the street as he's running away from a mob towards the end of the movie. Uh, when that happened, that was actually a real slip of him slipping and the director decided to leave it in the film because he thought it worked well with kind of him just frantically trying to get away. I love shit like that in movies, man. Yes, especially when it's accidental, but it ends up being so much... Exactly. It's so good. Um, Now, with this movie, because this... I'll be very, very upfront with this movie. This movie's a little weird, and it's understandable knowing that the director and writer Lewis Jackson actually came up with the idea for this film after getting high in the middle of the seventies and seeing a vision of Santa Claus holding a knife. So you got this, how the best ideas come Hmm. to be, man. Exactly. (laughs) So you got a pothead that, um, made this movie and it, it, it shows and it's, it's good because it's, it's so quirky. It's, it's so weird that it's, it works. Uh, John Waters actually recommends this as his favorite Thanksgiving slash Christmas themed movie. So another <laughs> reason why it's good to point out that this movie is very quirky. I mean, if John Waters loves it, you know, it's going to be interesting. So last two pieces of information is Kathleen Turner actually turned down the role of Harry's sister-in-law in this movie. And then writer-director Lewis Jackson spent several years collecting all of the Yuletide props that are in Harry's house. And he has a fuck ton of, like, props and dolls and everything Christmas-related. It's a a lot. So to know that he collected that shit for years to kind of get ready for this movie is kind of cool. So, but yeah, so this movie is definitely, it's not going to be for everybody. I'm going to be honest right now. But I love it so much because it's so weird. So right away, you start off this movie and uh, it's basically Harry and his brother as their kids. So it's it's kind of another thing where the you have these two brothers and one of them ends up being a serial killer. But basically, it's it's Christmas night and you've got Santa. So it's their father dressed up as Santa Claus, you know, putting toys under the trees eating the cookies, drinking the milk and, and all that, you know, and then he sees, you know, little Harry starts laughing because a Santa is there and the dad looks over, winks at him and, and whatnot, just to kind of let him know that, Hey, I'm here. And so Santa, it, it's weird. Cause like when Santa comes in to the scene, he actually drops through the chimney and then when he leaves, he goes back up, like just gets sucked up into the chimney. So it's fucking weird like that. It's <laughs> it's weird stuff like that that make this movie just that great. I love it. So, and so you see the the mother and the two sons on the the stairs, and this is kind of weird. But all of a sudden they just disappear <laughs> before the title comes in. Like you, you see the shot of them sitting on the stairs and then they just disappear and it's just the stairs empty. It's fucking weird, but it's so mm. like cheesy and good. It's great. So you get the, the title of, you know, Christmas evil and all that, or that, that comes af- actually after this. So the, the kids are in bed and mama and Santa are downstairs, you know, playing mama kiss Santa Claus and, you know, she's getting felt up. So little Harry goes back downstairs to 
you know, see what was going on and sees mommy kissing Santa Claus and getting felt up. And that's when he finds out basically that it's his dad and it just totally fucks with him. So he goes up in the attic and he's got these snow globes, breaks his fucking snow globe. And this kid goes fucking just completely emo and just like slashes his hand open and just blood just drops onto the snow globe. It's kind of like weird, but you know, whatever. So then we flash forward, you know, Harry's now an adult. He's working in this toy factory and, and, and all that. And that's going to come into play here. So we start off and, uh, he's waking up and this is right before Thanksgiving, which is why John Waters likes it as a Thanksgiving and Christmas movie. So they're getting ready for the busiest time of the year. And he wakes up. He's wearing this fucking Santa Claus-themed pajamas. So he's got, like, the Santa hat, full red pajamas, and his alarm is, like, Christmas music. And that's when you pan throughout the whole apartment and see just everything is just Christmas-related. And so he goes, gets ready for work and all that, and goes to work. And then you meet his coworkers, and it's... So, like I said, it's this toy factory. They make these shitty-ass toys, and they are really shitty toys. And, you know, Harry gets talked into working this other... So, Harry actually just recently got a promotion in this movie. And so, he's no no longer working on the assembly line for these toys. And so, everybody's kind of already hates him because he's weird, but then they just hate him that much more because he got a promotion at this company, while the rest of them are kind of stuck in their positions and very unionized kind of feel and and all that. And so one of the guys actually tricks Harry into working for him back on the line so that he can go out and get drunk with the coworkers, even though he says he's, he needs it because him and his wife are leaving early for the holidays. And Harry ends up, you know, seeing that and that makes him upset and whatnot and, and all that. So he already hates this guy, Frank, right from the get-go because of him basically making him work for him. So you get into some really weird shit with this movie because, like, almost pedophile-ish kind of stuff because this dude is not right already. But then he's acting basically as Santa. So he's already kind of got it in his head that he's going to be Santa Claus. Like, throughout the year, he's making the Santa suit, but then he's also got these two books one for the naughty boys and girls and one for the good boys and girls. So he's like spying on the neighborhood kids to see who's being good and who's being naughty. So he's got these binoculars looking in these kids' fucking bedrooms. And uh, yeah, just creepy shit like that. So you know he's not right in the head already. And um, he's – so all these kids are being good and then he comes to the one that's being naughty. He's got a fucking penthouse magazine – Cutting out, like, the centerfold <laughs> from the penthouse. He's, like, naughty. And so he's, he's he's saying the kid's name, you know, over and over. He's, he runs. He, like, because he goes on top of his apartment building to spy into these kids' bedrooms and kind of watch them as they're taking out the trash or playing with their dolls and all this other stuff. So he runs down the stairs of his, you know, apartment complex just yelling out the kid's name who's being naughty pulls out his book, turns to the page, because he keeps notes on all these kids of what they've done, either good or bad. And uh, 
ends up, uh, you know, writing in, you know, impure thoughts and all this other stuff about this kid and, and all that. So you, you can see that he's really kind of creepy and him keeping notes on all these kids and all that. And, and that's going to come into play later. So you got his family. So you, you've got his brother. So when his brother and him were kids, cause this going back to the first scene of the movie, his brother talks about how Santa isn't real basically. And that's what kind of causes Harry to go downstairs to see Santa again, because he says that he is real. And so um, that kind of plays into the movie too later on. So back in where we are now and uh, with adult Harry and, and whatnot. So he's supposed to be going over to his brother's and his brother's house for Thanksgiving. And, uh, they have the Thanksgiving Day parade going on and whatnot, and you know he sees Santa, and he decides he's not going to go, and his brother's already freaking out because he doesn't want his brother to come over because it's he basically hates his brother for the most part because he feels like his brother kind of not really held him back, but just because of his issues, his mental issues and whatnot, kind of just made things more difficult for him in a way. So he kind of already hates him because of that. So they get into it kind of over the phone, and he's upset now that his brother isn't coming to Thanksgiving after kind of getting things ready. And things are kind of tense between uh, you know, Harry's brother and his wife and, and all that. And so that kind of plays out a little bit in the movie. So things kind of keep going and he's like slowly descending more and more into madness. He keeps spying on the one kid who's like really naughty with, you know, the, the penthouse kid. And, uh, it's, it's like keeps escalating and finally gets to Christmas cause it's around Chris Christmas time is, uh, is when things kind of really start going downhill cause they have a Christmas party and the guy that, uh, made Harry basically work for him as kind of a dickhead the whole time. And then you got this new corporate clown who's coming in and wants to do all this stuff. And, and like they're supposed to be doing these donations for this, uh, orphanage or hospital or whatever for children for the holidays. And Harry wants to do more and whatnot. And he's really kind of losing it and everything. And so he ends up leaving the party and all that. And, you know, Christmas Eve happens and he gets all dressed up and he actually brings a van full of toys and presents to the hospital. He actually steals them from the factory that he works at. So he steals all these gifts and whatnot, or I think some of them were donations, but I think he brought more than what they originally were going to do. And he, he's got his whole Santa get up on now. So he's got the beard. He's got his whole suit that he made. And he brings all these gifts to the hospital for the children. He has all the workers come out and grab all the stuff and bring it in. On top of that, he starts delivering to the neighborhood kids, you know, in his neighborhood, all the toys and whatnot uh, for, for the ones that were good. And he, like, got bags of dirt and stuff and left shit for you know, the, the kids that were naughty. So he's gone full batshit crazy now. And, uh, what happens is he shows up at the midnight mass where like these executives are going to be for the, you know, his work. 
and he's waiting outside uh, for them to come out and whatnot, and he's looking for them. Well, these drunk parishioners are coming up to him, or young parishioners, or, or whatever the case may be, but basically they're harassing the, the guy as he's sitting there looking for the people from his work. Well, at that point, he's had enough. He pulls out a fucking, like, nutcracker with a fucking knife toy, stabs one guy right in the fucking eye, pulls out a hatchet, nice. like a like a toy hatchet, but it's like a real hatchet, just starts hacking the shit out of people. Like the child's play hammer? Yes, kind of like that. <laughs> so he hacks the shit out of four people. They're dead. He jumps back in his van and just fucking takes off. And I probably should also mention, he paints his van to look like Santa's sleigh. So he paints the side of his white van to look, look like Santa's sleigh. So it's like Santa delivering gifts and whatnot so that's awesome <laughs> so that's that's great so kind of going on from there uh then you have santa showing up at frank's house so the guy that he hates from his work so he sneaks in he leaves gifts for frank's children he goes up to frank and his wife's room and frank and his wife are sleeping he wakes Frank up and says, Merry Christmas, Frank. Takes his fucking sack of toys and just starts smothering him with the with this bag. And he's struggling, and the wife is starting to wake up, and he's he's got to think fast. Well, they got a Christmas tree in the bedroom. He grabs a star off the top of the Christmas tree and slices his fucking neck open. And he just flips over on, on his wife. And she's, like, silent screaming because she's just so, like, out of it and then all of a sudden this is happening so he freaks out and he he leaves and all the while the kids do see you know santa kind of going about and they try sneaking out at first so he's trying to get out the door and they see santa again and he's trying to act like santa and then she screams and he just bolts out the door gets in the van and fucking takes off again <laughs> so then you have him showing up at this party. They're doing, there's some group of people doing a holiday party and then they invite him in. Cause he's just sitting there looking through the window, just kind of bobbing his head to the music. So they pull him in because it's, they think it'd be great to have Santa at the party. And you know, he, they bring him in reluctantly that he goes in and then they have a whole party scene with him and whatnot. And he tells the children to not be naughty. Cause if, you're naughty basically you'll be punished you know kind of thing and it's kind of awkward and kind of like ominous and then he just starts laughing and everybody starts laughing so he's dancing with the kids and you know the adults and then he ends up fucking leaving so this is all the while that um you know word's starting to get out about this crazy santa that's killing people and so he so that you got these group of people that are are that know that he's out and about now, and these children end up running up to him because it's Santa Claus, and this these group of parents are walking behind these children, and they see him, and they know that he's the one that he because his at this point his suit and everything is starting to get dirty, his beard is getting dirty, and they know something's off, so they uh. They try to get the children away from Santa, but this they're they're the children actually try to protect Santa, so they're protecting the <laughs> psychopath basically. And the one of the dads pulls out a knife, and then um, 
he ends up dropping the knife and the girl picks it up like his daughter picks it up and and gives it to Santa Claus and so then he runs away and then you get the whole mob scene going on where like everybody's lighting torches and every and everything and starting to chase him so you got like a whole like town chasing this fucking Santa Claus throughout the streets and whatnot and uh, you know he finally gets in his van and takes off and so then we go back to seeing um, his uh, brother again and his family and you know things are on the news and his brother's got a hunch that ba- that it's probably him so that happens you know he ends up going to his brother and whatnot and his brother freaks out cuz like what have you done yada 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 and it's you know it's it's heartbreaking then he's like strangling harry it's like, you're blaming me for something I said when I was six years old because he brings up the fact that he said, you know, that Santa wasn't real and that he blames basically him for his whole downfall and all that. So he's strangling him and he thinks he kills him and he's getting, he drags his body, Harry's body, back outside to put it in, uh, back into his van and whatnot because he doesn't know what else to do. Well, Harry ends up coming to him, fucking just knocks his brother out and just fucking takes off. And then kind of the end of the movie is, uh, him coming up against the, uh, the mob again, the mob are coming out after him. He takes a turn, fucking flies and his brother's chasing him now, trying to get him to stop. Well, he flies off the side of the road and, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of cause it's like the end of the, uh, like the story, you know, a Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night kind of thing. Almost like Santa sleigh is like flying through the air while his fucking van flies off the side of the road and it's just like flying through the air. It's like such a weird fucking ending. And it's so like, like a pothead kind of wrote it kind of thing. It's, it's great. Overall, I, this movie is definitely one you should check out if you haven't seen it just be for the quirkiness of it. Um, honestly, if I were to rate this one, it's probably going to be like a 3.5 out of 5. Um, it's not the greatest movie, but if if you like weird shit like I do, it's 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 well worth the watch. Yeah, it's it definitely sounds interesting to me. I'll probably watch it this week, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know about tomorrow, but I'll watch it sometime. Right. Because um, I know... I know they got it on YouTube for free. I mean, because everywhere else you got to have like Showtime or something like that to be able to watch it. Because it used to be on Shutter, and I, I didn't find it on Shutter. It, it may be on there, but I I couldn't find it. But I, I ended up watching it through YouTube, and the YouTube has got it a little cut up. But that was just the one I, I just picked the first one I saw. There was another one that was a little longer, which I think was the regular one, but. That's how I ended up watching. So it's definitely out there where you can watch it. I'm I'm waiting for my Blu-ray of it to come though, from Vinegar Syndrome, like I was saying earlier, because uh, I'm, I I want to see it restored and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to be able to watch it one more time before Christmas. That's for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I'll probably have to watch, catch it on Amazon or something. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it, and I'm gonna st- still gonna, I'm gonna keep my eye out for more uh, less known budget. Christmas movies. Maybe oh, definitely. Talk about them on the show because there are some gems out there. I mean, yeah. the ones that I mentioned, they're definitely stupid fucking movies. They're dumb as hell. 
but <laughs> I love those movies. Right. <laughs> I agree. I agree hundred percent, but yeah, so that, that's kind of our two reviews of these two movies. Well, my review of Christmas evil and then our review of uh, silent night, deadly night, but we would love to know what you guys think. You know, as Did all, you give it a rate? I didn't hear if you rated uh, it. Yeah, three three point five out of five is what I rated uh, it. I just completely spaced that. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It, it's been a long episode. I mean, we're almost at two hours, so yeah, <laughs> it's not a not Oof. a bad thing. Yeah, we went a long time. I kind of rambled there a little bit with Christmas Evil, but that's all right. That that's uh that's all good. I I don't mind doing that every once in a while, but yeah. But yeah, if if, if you guys haven't checked this out, feel free to check these movies out. Let us know what you think, or if you got anything that you guys want us to check out. As always, you can reach out to us through our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of them are at CLS Podcast. But yeah, uh, we're getting closer to Christmas and New Year's. I'm I'm looking forward, especially to New Year's, because I love New Year's Evil. But maybe we'll do something regarding that once we get closer to that. So, but yeah, otherwise, until next time, we do appreciate you guys checking out the podcast, and we will check you all next time. Thanks for joining us today for the CLS Podcast. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers.